Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Peter. And I'm Anamesh. Now, earlier this year, when we did our albums to expect from 2022, Pakistan doom metal act Dusk were on the list and we had Babur Sheikh later on the podcast. But what we had no idea was that there was going to be another Pakistan band that we'd be talking to soon after. So a warm welcome to Shahab Khan and Afraz Mamoon, the guitarists of death metal act Azab. Guys, introduce yourselves, please. Uh, hey guys, thanks for having us. I am Shahab and I play guitar and uh, I wrote some lyrics and I produced the album as well. Uh, hey guys, uh, I'm Afraz. Uh, I play guitar as well. Um, so I also wrote some lyrics and I uh, brought like some riffs and uh, one song with me and I did the solos for the album. Besides the guest solos, of course. So uh, are you guys in the same city? Are you guys in different cities? So funny story is at the moment we're in the same cities, but normally Afraz lives in Bristol. I live in Islamabad now. And uh, right now Afraz is in Islamabad, but Afraz actually has COVID at the moment. <laughs> so he is <laughs> so he, he is at his house and I'm at mine. Ooh. Yeah, so we haven't, we haven't met. Yeah, exactly. So we haven't met yet. So I think yeah, we haven't met yet. Almost a week now. About a week. Oh now. well. You know, another another fun fact is I haven't seen a Fraz in four or five years. <laughs> is wow. when I moved is when, is when I moved back from England. We were together in, at university. Uh, he was mm-hmm. in a different university, but we were together in England for a very long time. And then I moved back a few years ago, and he has been there, and I haven't seen him for four, maybe more years. So yeah. So this basically is what it's like to. <laughs> Being a band in 2022, right? Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to really yeah. meet each yeah. other at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. Since you since you guys are in Islamabad and this is completely off the cuff, I'm sure no interview about your debut album, Summoning the Cataclysm, would have asked you this question. But being an Indian, I have to ask, what's the situation on ground in uh, Pakistan right now because of the new government regime, etc.? Do you guys feel any change? Does it really affect the like on-ground life, real life for you guys or for the common man? Um, so no, not at the moment. At the moment, obviously, it's only been a few days. But so, you know, the effects of this government are, are we're probably going to feel them years. On, I mean, you know, even years after they've gone, because, um, you know, we don't really want this government. Nobody wants the government. Everybody hates the government. It's the first time I feel in the history um, uh, of Pakistan that everybody's on the same page. The really? whole country. Usually, yeah, usually wow. I mean, people are divided and they're like, you know, some people are like, yeah, we want them. Other people are like, no, we want. This is the first time in history that I feel that everybody's on the same page. Wow. Everybody wow. is saying the same thing. Like, we don't want this government. <laughs> so on ground, the only thing that's happening is people are actually coming out every weekend and they're protesting. Nice. So that... Yeah. That that eventually will lead to more metal and more rebellion and more angry music coming out, isn't it? You would think you would think that, but you know, it's the metal scene in Pakistan has been dead. I mean, by dead, I mean there's only a few handful of bands that are doing it right now. Two, three, maybe off the top of my head that I can think of or count or know who've put out an album in the last four or five years. Hmm. So you would think that, and things have been much worse before. And this is one of the things I don't really understand about Pakistan. I was talking about this with somebody else a few years ago, I was like, man, you know, all these bands in, in the West, I mean, they have nothing to complain about. What, what's, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, what, what's with the, all this thing? Where's it coming from? You know, 
it's uh, it's people it's countries like pakistan we should be making the most brutal and angriest <laughs> music there is because you know third world countries where you have all this oppression and all this inequality and all these other problems social problems we should be making the most angriest music possible yet we are you know i'm quite ashamed of the music that comes out of pakistan to be honest um <laughs> yeah, so yeah I mean, you would you would think that that would be the case but i uh, not not see, sure. when things are bad you either use art to escape from the reality or you use art to spread some message and the same can be said about india too man yeah. we should be equally pissed off all the time but hey we need <laughs> we need to live our daily lives and so the machine of of entertainment continues rolling it's crazy that you say it right because like i still remember uh, years ago similar to how i'm having a conversation with you guys i remember coming across a band called multinational corporations right and mm-hmm. i was like what the fuck like i had no idea who <laughs> these guys were and they were like pissed off as fuck i mean yeah. for the first time i think i heard like urdu lyrics in like a punk grindcore kind of uh, environment right and yeah. it's it's kind of like what you said it's been i think what 8 10 years since yeah. they were around and they released a bunch of stuff so Uh, yeah yeah that's heartening to know in a way but yeah yeah i think i i don't know man like the southeast the the, the south asian or whatever you want to uh, what do they call this the indian subcontinent yeah right? <laughs> uh forgot <laughs> what it's called <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know like rock and heavy metal it's it's clearly not the popular music but, of but, choice but, but, for but as someone who follows like the scene right the only country in which I, which i still every time when i say it keep getting shocked is nepal i mean the number of punk and hardcore releases that come out of nepal is Absolutely. india and pakistan combined <laughs> so yeah. i don't know oh. like in that small country what's happening there but yeah, like man. more power to them man every time i hear some of the music that comes out of there i mean we've had even like uh a nepali band who actually they're all nepali based out of uh, the us called chepang uh, right. on there who probably released probably one of the most craziest grindcore i've heard in years right mm-hmm. wow so so yeah for those listening definitely check out uh, them also yeah definitely but another okay, another country is i think but it's not part of the subcontinent but it's an asian country is indonesia i mean what yeah. is going on in the scene is wild there man what is going on there man <laughs> what are they eating over there but because there's just so many bands and there's like a million labels and you know there's so many you know uh, uh, uh just bands and labels and all these and they all play brutal the most brutal death metal that you yeah. can think of they play a freaking slamming brutal death metal everybody you know our drummers actually the guy who recorded on this album is indonesian and he was telling me that death metal is the most popular music genre in indonesia Wow, and I asked wow. him, I, and I said, "Is it more popular than rap?" And he goes, "By far." And I just couldn't fathom, you know, I couldn't believe what, how can, how can death metal be more popular than rap, you know, these days? I'm, I'm born in the wrong. That's interesting. I'm realizing is, I'm born is, in the wrong country. Yeah. Oh, wait, one second. Is uh, would you? Um, I I don't know. Is Indonesia like socioeconomically much better off than the average Indian and the average Pakistani? Uh, no. no i would say wow. they are on no, no. okay um, cool because yeah. like let let's face it man it takes it takes money and it takes a certain 
amount of investment to be able to play rock and play heavy metal yeah right definitely definitely yeah but those Hip-hop. guys are doing it diy man they do it they i mean the guys that are doing it are just they have they they don't care i mean the, from what i've seen is they don't care about the equipment that they have or they just they'll just put up a show somewhere in a shed and there'll be like uh, 200 200 kids just moshing yeah you look at these videos and like what's going on there man it's yep. you know kids listen like little children there's little children that would never be allowed mm-hmm. in england to go to like one of these shows are freaking jumping from the walls they're like jumping off the trees and stuff you look at these videos and i was just watching i was like what's going on yeah i've experienced a part of it in malaysia but not in indonesia yeah. i haven't been there but yeah i'm um, the videos definitely tell a similar story yeah but hang on anyway i have to give a shout out so anyone from indonesia listening to this episode hit us up we want to know what's in your yeah. water what's exactly. the secret sauce <laughs> behind the metal scene there like how do you all have so yeah. many brutal death metal bands i, But, I just uh, want to know how it started you know what was the first like how did death metal come to indonesia and how did people listen to it and go like yes this is this is our, our music you know we will this we will <laughs> adopt this as our you know primary expression or whatever so i just want to know how like what was the who brought death metal to indonesia because how yeah. Um, yeah let us know like, like who's their suffocation because actually sorry last thing when i had a lot of the bands i heard from indonesia are like very influenced by the new york death metal scene like all the suffocation yeah. emulation yeah. that kind of stuff and especially that yeah. drumming so we're definitely going to talk about drums but okay Uh, segways aside with southeast asia's metal scene and stuff like that let's focus on the reason why we're talking to you right your debut album uh, summoning the cataclysm which actually released on the 15th of april now take us back like you just told us a bit uh, before we started recording about r- writing the album in 2020 right uh, what was your expectations from something in the cataclysm right has the reality met expectations and what would you have done or wanted to do anything differently when you're looking back now right so with this album i i started writing this album when covid first hit pakistan because before that i couldn't really find time to sit and you know just focus on music or just give you know the you know the attention that it needed so in 2020 when everything was shut down in march is when i found uh, myself sitting with you know with the guitar and i had a lot of time so i started writing with no aim just i just had time so i would give a song the time that it needed you know what i mean so i would wake up the next day nothing to do okay let's play play for hours nothing to do nowhere to go nothing you know nobody to meet so i just kept writing kept writing a few months i had i think 6 7 songs and at that point i was like okay you know what these songs i listened to them and then i was like okay you know what maybe maybe uh i should you know maybe i should do an album you know let's let's do an album and then uh i think the, at the end of the year i called the father said man i'm doing this album you know i wouldn't want anybody else to do the solos i would definitely be, because me and afraz used to be in a band together a decade ago so okay. i've known afraz a long time actually we were in a couple of different projects so um so i i then reached out to afraz who I hadn't spoken to or met for many years you know so i reached out to afraz i said here's some music listen to it and then what do you think do you want it and he said yes definitely um and then he will obviously tell you about his expectations but uh going into it i had zero like zero expectations because you're so used to like putting out a song and two guys going great and then that's it 
just you know um that's the end of that <laughs> you have like a few views and that people two of your friends will share it and then that's probably the, you know the way it usually is uh, with metal in pakistan you know it's you know people will will talk about it for a week or whatever and then so i had no no expectation literally i had zero expectation me and afraz were actually laughing about this yesterday where we thought you know a couple of people are just going to say great and but then i had even lower expectations i thought people are going to listen to this and people are going to say that is crap <laughs> you know what <laughs> <laughs> you know because the thing is uh, we i think right now in the past maybe decade or so nobody's put out a death metal album from pakistan right um so we are also in a way representing or flag bearers in a way you know what i mean so i also felt that pressure for a while you know so you are releasing this album to the world and then obviously azab is from pakistan because you know it's that's just how it is azab isn't just azab it is azab from pakistan right so that's how it is um presented as well so i thought you know people just will listen to it and they're going to be like that is crap that is shit the solos are great but the drumming is great but the riffs are shit <laughs> it's crap songwriting and <laughs> you know and uh, this is what we expect from like pakistan or whatever <laughs> so so i think uh, and then all of this started happening and the music came out and people started liking it you know and my friends i would show i showed my friends i was like guys come listen to this music and my friends would be like yeah, yeah. yes great great and i was like no no you're my friends i don't you know no So <laughs> I need somebody else to tell me that this is good or bad. I need an outside perspective. And then uh. I think the first time I thought maybe we have something on our hands is when we started sending sending out the demos. And then all of a sudden all these labels started so all these underground labels started uh you know emailing us and they're like we want to release it we want to release it we will release it. I was like what's going on? Okay, you know. what's what, what's going on i was a bit suspicious like what's happening okay so i was mm-hmm. like people were like okay we'll release it we'll release it we'll do cassette we'll do t-shirt we'll do this and i was like okay okay and then the song we started releasing the songs and then people people like okay it's great it's good it's good and then the reviews started coming you know the blogs and all the websites all the mm-hmm. reviews start coming we started getting like these eights and these nines and these fours out of fives and these 90s out of 100 i was like what is going on <laughs> so i think at that point i accepted the fact that okay this is decent music so before that i was very you know i was i was unsure because the thing is i've heard i've also produced the album so i've heard each song maybe 100 million times that i my you know i am not able to i don't have like a fair sort of perspective on it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you're too close to it i'm too close to it and after a while you start hating it you're like man i've heard yeah. this song like 10000 times i don't want to listen to it so when i'm listening to it i don't even like it you know then i took a break <laughs> from it and then i you know i took a break from it after producing the album and then a few months later i for a few months i didn't listen to any of the songs and then i came back to it and i was like okay maybe it's not that bad so i think mm. it sort of blew me away at how well it was received by people okay. and i think now i am i have accepted the fact that okay this is decent this is decent music okay afraz what about you did you know that you had something magical on your hand uh no no so so uh, when i heard the songs when uh, shahab started sharing the songs with me and i was just listening to them and just uh trying to figure out if i could add anything to the song or maybe like i don't know guitar solo or lead part or something um yeah i i thought it was good so so i thought this was good and especially like i i i haven't heard this kind of stuff coming out of pakistan at least um some some uh, there were definitely bands with this kind of stuff but not that many so i was like yeah i mean i thought it was good but um but the, as shahab was saying it was the same with me like uh, from the get go we were having this conversation 
that pretty much at the end of this, once the album goes out, you and me are the only people who are going to be listening to it. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> which is what happens with, which is what happened with the previous, some of the depletion stuff that we did. Like we still were the only people who listened to it. So um, yeah. So we were like, that's how we're going to end up, but okay, let's, let's see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, quite like um, uh, overwhelmed to be honest with like um, the reviews and things, because I wasn't expecting this kind of uh, response. Um, mm. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't think that people would say that this is a shit album, but I thought that people would be like, okay, yeah, it was okay, and move on to the next thing. So, um, okay, is there any particular review or any particular comment or an opinion that's like really surprised you? I think so. So I think the biggest thing for and this, I was talking to Shahab about this as well. I think yesterday or day before, like uh, the the Bangor TV shout out that we got. Uh. that i think was huge because when that happened i was like wow because we all subscribe to it and we frequently like watch it to check out new bands and reviews and things like that so being on there featured on there even though it was just a very small sort of snippet that was like wow okay blaine really does a good be. job of homework yeah. no yeah doesn't yeah, he yeah, trust yeah, me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah shout out to blaine smith definitely yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That helped us out, man. Like uh I you know actually I didn't know that that had happened. I was just sitting and I started getting all these messages on Bandcamp that people are buying your album all of a sudden out of the blue. Right? So I get okay, this guy's bought our album. Two seconds later, okay, this guy's bought us uh, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Like, what has happened? I haven't I checked <laughs> Facebook, no no notification, right? I checked Instagram, no notification. Like, what's going on? Like what's happened? And then I open up YouTube for no reason. I'm just sitting. I open up YouTube, and there is Banger TV Azab. And I was like, for a second, I was like, what? Am I what? Am I reading this right? <laughs> and then I checked the video, and it was there. I was like, okay, that makes sense, you know. And then obviously that really helped us out. So definitely huge shout out, Blaine, you know, for for that. That really helped us out. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, as a follow up, like because of the blow up that or the blowout that kind of happened. because of banger how have you guys like have you guys tried capitalizing on that in any manner i mean i really wouldn't know what to do so i just reposted that video on <laughs> <laughs> that's all we did yeah <laughs> yeah I, just, I i don't know what to do with that so i just put it on facebook put it on instagram those are the only two uh, things i actually didn't even re- wasn't really i i social i was very bad with social media and then afras told me like listen it's 2021 or whatever it was 2021 at the time is like you really need to get on to this instagram game i was like okay because <laughs> the fraz is on instagram with this you know uh, solo stuff so i was like uh, okay and then i got on to instagram and then i realized okay you know what this i really need to learn how to do all of this stuff but i just yeah with that i just reposted it a few places and that's it i don't know how so, to capitalize on that so so p- part of what i do is marketing in my job oh. and uh, thanks to the internet and metal yeah. archives Uh, yeah. I just discovered that we have a connection in common, uh, Ali Sufyan. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, okay. Ali Sufyan and me were in a band together back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Me too. So, me too. Yeah. So, so, so he's the influencer of sorts. So just get him to right, give you yeah. guys a shout out yeah, <laughs> on see, the that's album. Smart idea. Smart idea. <laughs> and he does like he's also blown up in this way where he does it very like authentically in Punjabi and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. So here's the thing with so here's the thing with what you're saying. See, the thing is, I don't I with Ali Sofyan is his the guys that obviously subscribe to Ali are probably not the guys 
that listen to Death Metal because he does like Punjabi comedy, right? So, I know, I know. <laughs> we would probably get negative attention from that people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, these guys are crazy. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, what is this? Yeah, yeah, this is Pakistani hai kya? <laughs> yeah, Pakistan mein aisa hota hai. Aise asal azab hai, you know. So. <laughs> so, so, right. so I I refrain from posting in places where I think that people wouldn't, you know, appreciate. Fair this. enough. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I I get where you're coming from. But uh, all right. So since we've talked at least a bit about the album, uh, it's time. Let's play one track from it. Uh, which one should we play for our listeners and why? Okay. Um, okay. Let's play a hollow pack. You know, because it's not okay. it's not one of the singles. and i think it's a it's a it's a slightly different song i think it's the most sort of um, uh, brutal because mm-hmm. it starts it's very mid tempo and slow and juggy and heavy so i think let's let's go with hollow bed all right here it is
All right, we're chatting with the boys from Azab and let's talk a little bit more about the album, right? Now, as I understand it, the album's recorded across three studios, actually across three countries, right? Almost. Um, Correct. How do you bring three different recording studios together? Like what were the initial references that were shared across the studios, across musicians, etc., for how you guys wanted the album to sound? Was there a particular death metal sound that you guys were chasing? So when uh, when we started working on the songs, um, when Shahab initially started sharing the songs with me, they were pretty well thought out already, and the structure and everything was already there. So mm-hmm. there was like like the direction was very clear as to what we were trying to do. So I think yeah. after that, it became very easy for all of us to sort of add our own bits and then review together whether they sound good or not and sort of add things on top. Sorry, Shahad, go on. I, I, no, no, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So um, with the, with I, I never sent anybody any reference. So I never sent our drummer, Ditya. Uh, I never sent him any references. The only thing I sent him was obviously my program drums, you know, which weren't that great. They weren't even, they were just beats as a reference. Other than that, there was no, I never sent him any, you know, I never named any bands or I never named any drummers that I wanted him to play like or whatever. I never asked Afraz to sound like anybody or play like anybody. And I think this is the thing that I sort of um, try to do myself is not to sound like anybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. And even though I'm a huge fan of of Decapitated's uh, rhythm tone from their old albums and, you know, I'm a huge fan of certain amplifiers and their sound, but I was trying to stay away from all of that. I was trying to um, sound unique, you know. Well, so everybody tries to sound unique, but you know, I was trying to, <laughs> to you know, but I was trying to genuinely. This is uh, this was uh, you know something that I was going for actively. You know, I was mm-hmm. trying to find a tone, find the style of production that you know, find that final sound that wasn't your typical death metal or technical death metal or brutal death metal or any that didn't sort of fit into any any sort of genre. And even the songs, I think they're so different from each other that it's very hard yeah. to stick us into, to say this is technical or this is brutal or this is melodic or whatever. So mm. th- that also reflects in the production. So I didn't want to sound like anybody. As cliche as that might sound, I was actually going for that actively and trying to, so the guitars sound very different from your average death metal. They're very actually bright and in your face and they, you know, have a bite to them as opposed to the death metal guitars that sound very, you know, um, uh, dark and, you know, heavy with the low end. And so I was trying to stay away from that. Our guitars actually sound more like Chuck's guitars, which were recorded in the solid state amp and yep. they're very bright, and, but they're low tuned and they're seven strings. So they, you know, it's different. So, so uh, also, the recording studios is I recorded my home studio. Afraz does it at his studio, and then Aditya recorded at one of the top studios in um, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So I got all the files together and I mixed them, and the drums sounded very good off the bat, like out of the box. As soon as I started playing them, raw drums sounded huge. I was like, okay, this is half my work done for me. You know, I don't even have to do anything. So the drums that you hear are very, there's very little processing going on in the drums. There's very little um, that I had to do in terms of mixing the drums. They sounded fantastic. I was, I was, uh, when I first heard them, I said, okay, this is great. I don't have to, I think the engineer that sent me the drums might have even edited them a little bit or or maybe Aditya is just a very good drummer because everything was on the grid or even at those tempos where some songs are at 230 
and there's 60 notes. Everything was on the grid. So, yep. so that was great. Yeah. It's impeccably tight. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. One of the other things where, uh, or one of the other aspects that I felt truly makes the album stand out from the, like just the huge pile of death metal that's being released every day these days is the fact that you guys use synths and the fact that it doesn't yeah. sound like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk us through the well, challenge of you. incorporating synths into death metal yeah. because it's, it's, yeah, uh, it can so, be tough. So, yeah, so we actually use synths only in a few, few parts where we thought yeah. that this, this space needs something else, a little bit extra that we cannot create with guitars or bass or vocals, you know. So in those spaces, Afraz actually, actually, I think Afraz um, uh, uh, did most of, most of the synth work. I think on the intro, the intro is all his. So he did the synth work on that. And then I added some synths to the When Worlds Collide song, track number mm-hmm. five. Um, so um, that part, even Afraz pointed out, he said, listen, the chorus sounds like it needs something else because you go from a very low, um, you know, we're playing on the seventh string, so the heaviest string to like a very sort of high um, part where the chorus is on like one of the higher strings. So he's like, you know, there's immediately, there's need for something that carries the low end, you know? So there's that space that requires something. I said, okay, listen, I'll let me see what I can do with this. And then I think the first thing I came up with and then he did the uh, the intro synth, so he can talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so the intro went, so after we had, like, I think eight songs all done, uh, we were just thinking of whether it would be good to have, like, an album intro or something. And then Shahab was like, yeah, if you can come up with something, then let's go for it. So, um, yeah, that's how that was born. It was just, like, um, a small piece starting from, like, acoustic guitar leading up into sort of a heavier thing that would eventually lead into the first song, which was uh, Carbon Plague. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I thought, so the initial, after we had like the initial melody sort of in place, uh, that that like high speed tremolo riff um, um, at that, like which is sort of the main section of the intro. Uh, yeah, we just decided to add some synths on top to make it more sort of um, orchestral almost and have sort of like a more darker sort of feel, but it also has, uh, there, there are multiple layers of like synth in there, so which mm. harmonize with each other, and then they, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy um, that sort of that, those sort of intros. So I thought that would be that would be cool to have. And then I shared with it with Shahab, and he was like, "Yeah, sounds good." So that's that's how that happened. Um, um, and yeah, we didn't want it to be too long, and we wanted it to just lead into the first song. Um, so yeah. Okay, so I, I have to ask, right, because. Uh, you spoke a bit about uh, Aditya, who's your drummer and the studio drummer for it, but he's not the only guest on the album of sorts, right? Even you've got a couple of uh, guitar solos and you've got uh, Bobby Kyobel and uh, Phil Togas uh, in there. So tell us about that. I mean, how did their contributions become part of the album? When we were, um, after we had, I think most of the songs almost done, this was, I think, mid-2021. We got to a point where Shahab was sort of saying that it would be good to have some like guest solos, some, some people, some well-known sort of um, like uh, people come over and, and contribute some solos. And then we were all like, yeah, that would, that would be great. And then we, we just started thinking and just discussing amongst ourselves. So every day, Shahab would send me like a bunch of names that 
this person, this person, I would send him a bunch of names that let's get speak to this person. And then obviously there were a lot of factors involved in like who, who we uh, get on uh, to play something to on the album. But yeah, when, uh, so one day Shahab just said Bobby Cobell of death. And I was like, yes, done. So that, that is just one, uh, one uh, uh, guest appearance done because we, we're very big fans of, uh, obviously big fans of Death and uh, Symbolic is like one of our favorite albums by them. And his work on that album is just like insane. And, yeah, it uh, is. Yeah, Symbolic it, doesn't get the love it, it, like, yeah. it needs. It's one of <laughs> yeah, the most yeah. underrated albums by Death, weirdly. It's, uh, it's amazing. And like his approach to like guitar and the way he plays it, the way like um, he chooses notes and like traverses the fretboard, it's very unique. And you won't find any other, like you, you'll find very few people who in the death metal scene, especially playing solos like that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that's how that happened. And uh, it, it was similar with Phil that one day we were just talking about and uh, we were uh, talking about the first Fragment album as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we just said that, yeah, how about Phil? And then we were like, yeah, let's let's go with that. And then that's how that happened. Um, and uh, you you must have like heard the solos; they're pretty insane <laughs> on what those guys have played. What is yeah. it? Was it as simple as just sending them the track along with an email and saying, "Do your shit," or did you so guys Shahab tell them, handled hey. all of that, so I let him I let him answer. Yeah, so so I I sent Bobby an email. So Bobby actually, me and Afraz both agreed straight away. We said Bobby. I said Bobby. He said done. I said done. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. oh, we don't even need to discuss this. <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. So the only yeah, so we were like, what? Then it was like we were like, what if? But what if? Why would he do it? I mean, were we? You know, why? Why would Bobby want to do this? You know, uh, why would he want to play over our crappy songs? You know. So then I sent him an email. I said, listen, uh, I didn't send him the song. I said, listen, uh, would you be up for doing this? And he was very cool. He said, yeah, yeah. I'll, you know, send me the music. And this is what everybody says. You know, send me the music first. So I said, definitely. So I sent him the song and he was, and he had some, you know, nice stuff to say about the song. He said, is this your music? I said, yes. And he said, okay, give me a couple of weeks and I'll see what I can come with. And this, and then he gave me like a, you know, a list of things. Like he was like, if you don't like the song, if you don't like the solo, then I will redo it. And then, but you only get like three, four redos or it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like it's never going to get to the point where you're going to send us a solo. We're going to say no. <laughs> so i was being professional i was like yeah 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 that sounds great man just you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he this is the first solo that he sent us this is the first draft yeah yeah, yeah. and we heard Oops. it and we were like, just and like, I was done. like yes yep. done, done 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 this is it <laughs> so same thing happened with phil i i emailed phil i said um, would you want to do this and um I used Bobby as leverage as well with him. I was like, listen, Bobby <laughs> from, from death is. <laughs> Just name like, dropping by, cash. By, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way, Bobby is also doing a guest solo. So you might want to check us out. You know? <laughs> so he was like, yeah, he was very cool about it. He was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So send me your song. And I sent him the song and the, the bit. And then he was asking me, he's like, what sort of solo do you want me to play? Like, do you want me uh-huh. to play like a certain this or a certain? I was like, bro, what, who am I? You know what? <laughs> Why are you asking me? Just do your thing, man. Just do it. And then this is the first draft as well from him. Wow. So we never asked anybody to change anything, you know. Yeah. So these are the first solos they sent us. Yeah. All right. Um, you spoke about this while 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 we were talking, right? About how each song is so unique as such, but somehow it all manages to still flow together as an album from start to end. Did you guys pay any attention largely to sequencing? Um which song should follow the other, et cetera, et cetera? 
Well, it's I'm, I'm, it's great that you say that because uh, at the very end, we were like, okay, so how do we, you know, this is also a thing, you know, at the end, we're like, oh, yeah. we, we, didn't, we didn't even know about this, you know. Uh, Hassan was actually telling us, he's looking, listen, the songs need to like tell the story. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I was just going to throw them out there, like whatever, you know, like one, two, three, four. <laughs> so, and then I spoke to Francis and said, listen, okay, this is something that we need to now think about, you know, how are we going to place the songs? And yes, then we actually gave it some thought and we're like, okay, you know, after the intro, we need to go straight into something. And then we need to like, you know, with the, with the song with Bobby Solo, we need to sort of that and Preachers, we need to sort of put it somewhere in the middle between the, you know, the faster songs. And then so, you know, um, I don't remember exactly what we discussed, but yes, there was discussion over this and there was some thought put into this and um, I, we're pretty happy with the, with the sequence now. Cool. Um, you've got a decapitated cover on the album, The Empty Throne. Why choose that particular song? And was, was there any other song that was up for contention? Um, with that particular song, no, I think we're huge, just me, me and Franz personally, we're huge, huge Decapitated uh, fans. Decapitated is one of my, I think, top five favorite death metal bands. Uh, I think it's probably number two, to be honest. <laughs> so What's after number death, one? Just, I think <laughs> death and then Decapitated. Fuck, so, awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so it wasn't even, so it was just, uh, you know, which song do we do? We did a little video before the album. We did, um, uh, which song do we do, Franz? The video we did with the Decapitated cover? Um, it the, was Fury, the, Fury, the Fury, the Fury, the Fury. So we did a cover of the Fury. Uh, we did a video cover before the album. Um, and before Frost joined the band, we used to play some local shows and we used to do, do Spears of Madness live as well. So we always, I've, I've always done Decapitated in, in, you know, whatever capacity. So um, I was obviously going to do Decapitated again for the album. I talked to Frost and said, yes, obviously, because it's Decapitated and we both love Decapitated. So the Empty Throne is one of their slower songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, and the, and it and it's between songs where we need something slow. All the songs are very like quick uh, tempo, so we needed something to really slow everything down and doesn't sound like the rest of the songs on the album. Yeah, you know, it also does a great be- job of uh, building up some anticipation and basically like cleansing your palate for what is an absolute beast of a track which that follows it, Bloodborne. Right. So, yeah, so we need exactly, that's exactly what we need. And that's exactly why it's placed where it is, is because usually people put um, the, the cover song. The cover as the, the last song. Yeah. 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 Last song and just say bonus track. And so we, we <laughs> intentionally placed it where it is to, um, to break sort of the, the monotony of our songs. And, and sort of, like you said, the palette cleanser for Bloodborne, which is what we think is our, you know, um, album closer. So it's, we think it's one of our stronger songs. Yeah, you in fact, like just in a just while we were talking before this, you called it your master of puppets. Yeah, yeah. So Why does the song yeah. warrant a Metallica master of puppets kind of a comparison? Oh, well, it that. doesn't. Any anything that is your sort of your most. Uh, your I think most, this is uh, how we this is how we usually yeah. compare songs. So whenever we yeah. we're talking about bands, so and Shahab tells me about a, a song of a specific band, he'll be like, "This is their master." of Puppets are like okay, so this yeah. is sort of their top. Okay, like, so this is an <laughs> internal reference. <laughs> yeah, so 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 Master of Puppets is my favorite Metallica song. So right, so this is how I compare everything to like I'll say okay, this is their best song. So this is their Master of Puppets. Uh, this is actually not even mine. This is actually our old friend Danish. He was our drummer. This is he used to say that if you're listening uh, Danish, then he, he would know where this comes from. He used to say, oh, this is their Master of Puppets. So that's why yeah, 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 yeah. I took it from. <laughs> So, so considering all the attention that the album is getting, 
uh, what's the chances that Vogue from Decapitated is going to like chance upon this song? <laughs> oh, there's uh, Vogue actually knows about this. Vogue actually oh. he heard the other um, cover we did because there's a group called Decapitated Worldwide. Um, okay. And I didn't know about this group, so our singer posted that video there, and then Vogue commented on it, and then we posted our our, our uh, track list on there before the album came. Uh, for the album came out and he also i think commented on that so he knows that this is coming i haven't posted the album there yet but this actually reminds me i should and he, <laughs> he usually he usually uh, he usually does check out stuff on there so, yeah. Yeah, so he so knows like in the, in the middle of machine head rehearsals he'll be like oh there's a band that from pakistan covering my yeah. song yeah, take yeah. that huh? take yeah, that rob flynn <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when he's like really angry about the whatever he's not doing or not being allowed to do on machine yeah. head, he's like, yeah. Fuck. "Is there yeah. a band in Pakistan covering your song? No, mine. mine <laughs> They're yeah. covering my song. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he makes another decapitated album with sounds like the old stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, so hopefully he does that. Is you know, oh. he listens to our music and does that, then that's it, man. We have achieved something. You know, that that'd be great. We would just hang up our, our like, okay, we've achieved something more than we could have with making albums. <laughs> you know. All right. But uh, with with all that music talk, uh, it's time for another song from the album. And uh, if I can impose, since we've talked so much about Bloodborne, why not we play Bloodborne, which you describe as your master of puppets? <laughs> Definitely, go for it. But but before you go on, tell us the story about the song. I want uh, I want all our listeners to actually hear it. Right. So Bloodborne was actually not part of the album. There was another song, um, and then I was talking to Faraz, and I was like, "Listen, man, I'm not really, I don't, I don't feel this song. You know, I'm not, I don't like it." He goes, "No, no, no. He's like, this is a great song. I, I, you know, it's got great." I was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm not feeling it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just gonna take it." So I said, "I, I didn't. At that point, I didn't take it out. I said, listen, let me, let me come up with something.' And this is literally a few months before we were supposed to hand in the album, uh, hand over the songs to the labels, right? So. I was like, let me come up with something, and if I can come up with something better than this song, then we'll obviously mm. go with the new song uh, and replace it. Not leave it in there and add another song, just replace it because I wanted to replace it real bad. And then I think I just started writing, and as Bloodborne was born and finished within the week, it was just one of those songs that just started. I uh, just started working on, and some songs take like months. even more than months sometimes i'll i'll come on come up with the riff and then i don't know where to go from there and i'll just mm. leave it i'll revisit it and that just keeps happening uh, you know just over and over again i'll i'll get stuck somewhere but with this song it just just i was playing it and just the next bit and the next bit and the next bit it just seemed to flow very naturally for me and then i send it to a fraz and he added his riffs in in i think he had yeah he, he so he added the solo obviously and the backing uh riff to the solo and then also a middle bit which is the slower heavier bit that you will hear now um which really ties in you know the end, the the last bit of the song to the first bit and this that middle bit that is very heavy and you know uh, juggy and stuff so he added his bit to it and then um bloodborne was finished i think within a couple of weeks with the right. solo and everything else yeah cool so here it is here is bloodborne Uh 
let's continue that conversation now from the little i know um, azab loosely translates to punishment right uh, yeah i think it's uh, it's 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 just it's one of those words where it's we use it every day like yeah ye kya azab you know ye kis azab pe phas gaye you know so it's we use it so you know so many so is it like like what level of annoyance It's like it? calamity. It's actually like yeah. it's a calamity. calamity. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how and why did you choose to name the band Azab? Right. So interesting. Is like I said, is one of those words that we use regularly. And then I, I was writing when I was writing the album. It was, uh, you know, the political. So the album is very. The lyrics are sometimes very political, and it gets very political as well. Like songs mm-hmm. like uh, uh, "Preachers of Hate," and then there's the "Infernal Citadel," which are very, you know. talk about our politics not world politics just pakistani politics in general so azab is 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 i came up with the name during the time where i was writing some lyrics and i was like you know kya azab i said i think i thought i i said it out loud or maybe internally i used the word azab and i was like wait a minute man that's a great name for especially for like the situation uh that we're in at the moment you know kya azab yeah. because i think there was some the opposition was having some demonstrations or whatever you know some jalsas or whatever and all the roads were blocked and you know there was things going on and it was a really bad time um so i thought to myself kya azab you know and then that's where the that's where the band and i and i shared it with the with the other guys wakar and saad and i said like, listen i'm thinking about this. and then they first heard it was like yes this is great and i was like yeah i think this is and i told a, a phrase about it is like our band name by the way it's azab and he said yeah okay so everybody was on the same page and you know um i think in hindsight now i think is the right is the right name for the, you know yeah for the band definitely and this is this is the point where i ask you about somebody who's come up multiple times in the conversation but we still don't know the story behind it so right uh we talked about like the album being recorded in three different studios and you said one of the studios was actually in indonesia where your drummer aditya lives and he's actually part of the band and i'm going to take this in one chance which is siksa kubur so yeah how does indonesian death metal meet pakistan death metal i'm curious to know Right, so Siksa Kabur actually means Kabur. Kabur is Kabur, right? Kabur is Kabur, yeah. and then Siksa I think means torture. So grave torture. So it, so it, um, that's what their band name is. Uh, and then that's uh, ironically ties in with Azab and the Kabur of the Azab. And so that's, but that's not mm. why we went with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so we were looking for drummers, and I wanted to keep this lineup uh, strictly Asian, so that logistically it's easier for us. So if at some point we feel like okay we want to go and play these songs live we can play these songs live I want to keep mm-hmm. this in Asia. So fun fact I actually um, I spoke to an Indian drummer that you guys okay. might know is the guy from Gutslit. Uh, and yeah. then Aaron Aaron right and then uh, Hassan actually the the guy we know exactly. So Hassan the guy we all know I think gave me his number and I spoke to him. spoke to aditya spoke to i think i didn't speak to too many guys i think there was only three or four guys i spoke to rumun galan from uh, from i think europe this is before i decided to keep it strictly so um i think in asia i spoke to two or three indonesian drummers and then aaron from gutslit mm-hmm. and i think four out of five drummers were up for it but then at, so at this point i really had to narrow it down and you know go with one guy and i think purely based on style of play uh i went with aditya and just because he was very cool to communicate with and he was eager to do it as well and you know he was i think he genuinely liked the music as well out of everybody else 
he was just messaging me he was like yeah, okay when do you want me to do it okay i'm listening to songs listening to music i'm learning the music you know mm. i think he was the most eager to do it as well so um just his enthusiasm and then his style of play i think in hindsight now i think this is the best decision that we could have ever made <laughs> is go with it because i absolutely love the drums on the album they're so well recorded and just the composition is so good it just goes so well with the album um like i said this is probably the best this one of the best decisions that we've made with this album well we started off by talking about the scene so let's wrap up by talking about the scene again one of the really cool things that i noticed about your socials is that you guys make sure to post content about other bands on your social as well absolutely um, is this kind of an attempt to build or keep the scene alive as such and why really do you feel the need to to do this yeah i think i've always so so there was a little you know whatever scene there was i in islamabad i actually was a huge part of that scene in the late 2000s mm-hmm. right so i would put up shows i think the only ever metal exclusive show in islamabad was one that i uh, you know uh, actually went to great lengths to put up <laughs> got like yeah. the nocs and met with the police stations and whatever and Uh, so uh, i've always tried to do this to build a metal community in pakistan and islamabad and you know everywhere else uh, just to bring people together because there's one group who has like you know a few followers on facebook or whatever and just that's it that's the only people who listen to their music and then there's another group in a different city who have who has their following so why not bring it all together and you know try and sort of uh, build it up so every time i hear something from pakistan which is good i, I definitely want to promote it as best as i can and the only way i can unfortunately just to post on facebook these days so every time i find something i i definitely make sure i post it and uh, just the other day somebody messaged me from pakistan it's like where we are from lahore and we are metal band so i just check them out and i will definitely post them on our socials and i hope it helps in some way and and that's great to hear right because like what what we've realized and i think india in a way is a very similar situation uh, yeah. post the pandemic right where there are very few bands and what's the point of having a competition of sorts right oh man when, yeah when, when there are very few left and i recently like, discovered sorry to cut you off i recently discovered this band from india and they're called moral collapse and bro <laughs> i was yeah. blown away by that and afraz knows i keep posting it in the in the whatsapp group our whatsapp group so bro check yeah. this guy check this out. and that is just wow that's actually one of my favorite albums now from this this year that whole album and the use of the different instruments in there and then obviously the drummer from obscura hans grossman and that is just a great album and i love that album that's one of my favorite it's become one of my favorite albums i i honestly listen to it almost every day something from there well if you want to know more about that album and its story you should check out episode 124 of hans up because okay. we had wow. arun natraj and talk <laughs> about his project moral collapse right. oh that's <laughs> great nice, nice. yeah awesome and, and and definitely and and that's the thing right you have such acts and there are far and few so it, it's great yeah. that you guys yeah. uh, kind of doing that but yeah. uh, si- since you mentioned uh, i have to ask this question uh, even though anime said is one of our last questions is that you talked about like very strategically putting an all asian lineup right and yeah, yeah. i have to be honest and i know you both are going to cringe but i love the latest edition of coke studio because it's just so different to anything i normally listen to right and what right. is crazy is 
all of this being performed live and like all these bands are kind of going out live and stuff and i was just like how is it possible that like pakistan is more live gigs happening than i can see it especially with such acts right so is is like live something that you're considering i mean considering your background also sharp that you do uh, absolutely sure. we actually yeah we started off, so when we were like in our teens we started off as live band because we didn't have any original music so we would just learn covers mm-hmm. and we just wanted to play it live so live was everything you know we just wanted to play it in front of the audience and you know we wanted to build that scene you know that else so we didn't have any songs when i at least when i first started we were just covering whatever we could find from black sabbath you know we even used to when we were in a band together we did some death covers and stuff so we were just doing covers and we never really had any so live yes definitely a huge part but logistically nowadays with afraz living somewhere else aditya somewhere else us living somewhere else this is something that we all talk about all the time and we really want to do something but we just don't know when and how and where because the covid situation is very different from country to country so i was speaking to our our, our indonesian label um he was telling me that there's still very strict covid restrictions in indonesia so you cannot okay. get uh, an noc or you know uh, a pr- uh, permission from the government to play live music so it's very and in pakistan it's you know it's like there is no covid there never was <laughs> exactly yeah so so it's very different from uh, country to country so we and then logistically obviously we live so we just don't know when how where but we are playing afraz is here actually we are going to play some shows in pakistan um with me on drums <laughs> and we've wow. got a friend of ours yeah and we've got a friend of ours who's playing guitar and is covering for me and i will be playing drums and we are going to play uh, i think three shows next month nice, nice. yeah so so pl- I, my only request is get someone to just like hold an iphone in a stadium yeah, yeah. something so yeah, yeah enjoy that yeah, yeah. like yeah. videos yeah if they're any good we will post them we'll go through them and then if we feel that they're good <laughs> you know if i or make sure you them. have a really good sound record like a sound engineer so that you can yeah. get a good mix from the boards yeah honestly Bootleg. it's going Boom. to be me Live yeah, i'm going to be the sound engineer so <laughs> <laughs> well there you go <laughs> nobody else would, would know what to do with this in pakistan they'd be like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> so they would know what to do uh, what to turn up what to bring down what to mute so i'm just going to have to do be the sound engineer and the drummer you know so yeah fun time good stuff good stuff well with that it's a wrap on this chat as such thank you guys for sparing some time out and chatting with us uh kudos to what you guys have pulled off because i think this is the beginning of something that could really be big and could really be help put uh, pakistan back on the metal map yeah yeah thanks for having us man and uh yeah thanks for i'm glad that you guys enjoyed i'm glad that people are enjoying the album and i and i honestly hope that this helps you know um with the with the metal scene in general in pakistan you know does something for people i hope that people listen to it and then all the guys were sitting at home who do actually play metal can actually play you know pick up their guitars and actually put out some music because a lot of people i know who play are just not doing it just because there's no scene yeah. so i really hope that this does something for that if you know anything mm strong 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 words let's make that happen and if that does happen well you know where to let us know we're all ears at honsupport.com or on twitter at honsupport as always i'm at asmoni on twitter I'm at Trend Crusher and this was Horns Up. Horns Up guys.